Welcome back to Men of the Machine. I am Kevin, and today uh, we are going to be talking Titans with my Titan of a... I don't have anything clever. It's me, and... And it's DJ. I was going to do some doctory thing, but... Uh, I mean, there's no, like, doctor in yeah. Titans, or... Or is I there? I mean, there is in the Doom Patrol, <laughs> oh, baby. But I'm not going to call you him for good reason. We'll get to that. So today, we're going to talk Titans, we're going to talk comic books, and we're going to talk to each other, because that's what friends do. Yeah, it's going to be a real comic book heavy episode. It's going to be like back to season one of Men in the Machine yeah, right I, here. Yeah, I brought that up with Jeff. Like, the last the last few weeks has just been, or I, actually the last few months, has been aggressively comics and The Office. One or the other. <laughs> right. Hand in hand. And it's a little absurd, and I still haven't done any anniversary episodes, so... I eclipsed my one-year anniversary a long time ago, actually, uh, and I'm past a hundred episodes. And like, just been we've just been on a just been cooking. The hundredth episode was just us talking about Comic Con, wasn't that it? That was one hundred and one. Uh, the hundredth episode was me complaining about how I threw my back out to go to Comic Con. Oh yeah, that's a real <laughs> special episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice little. It's like a really you know culmination of how this show has been. Me just trying to wing it and hurting myself. <laughs> But either way, I'll, I'll figure out some sort of grandiose, spectacular Christmas thing. We should, we'll do friends and, and quizzes, and that would actually be really fun to... We'll all sing Christmas carols in the mic. <laughs> Men of the Silent Night. Uh, I think after uh, that, you would prefer that we were just silent. <laughs> yeah, so we'll do something fun like that. But that's not the point. So, we've held off... Actually, we probably should have done a Titans episode a while ago when we were talking about Comic-Con and we brought up the fact that Titans was coming out and we were really excited about it. Yeah, well, I hadn't seen it at that point. Yeah, Had I, had, had we seen the first episode? I think you had seen the first episode. And then you were oh, like, and I said, here's Titans to catch, with yeah, to catch up with it. So, could have done a Titans one back then and followed it, but I think this is better and for good reason to wait because really, the show is just starting to come together in a major way you know it's i read a couple articles about how one of the faults of this show is that it hasn't laid out a, an aggressive plot a direct villain a a singular storyline other than the fact that it's like keep rachel safe which is raven by the way we'll get to yes. that and how can you the show is brand new the whole point of season one is just to show you that there's a show here at least in my opinion pretty much i think they, they spend the beginning of the show pretty much just establishing this is the universe that the show yeah. takes place in, which may or may not be the larger DC universe, which isn't really a thing, but is kind of whenever it needs to be. Yeah, I, the way my understanding from from articles and interviews and panels and whatever is that they are 100% willing to touch any part of the DC universe, even if that means using a character that is... Uh, like, if they chose to use Aquaman, it wouldn't be Jason Momoa. They would just bring over... They would bring an Aquaman. Yeah, some other Aquaman. And But it's Titan, so it would be Aqualad, right? Well, yes. I, I mean, yeah, if you wanted him to be part of the team. Right. But, I mean, just, like, bumping into. Like, they, they're very aware that they can use whatever they want, whenever they want. Mm. And some of the, the deep cuts that So if they doing, actually did want to have, like, Bruce Wayne show up, they just wouldn't have Ben Affleck be Bruce Wayne. Exactly. Just it, it would be some other... Cast some guy. Well, that's like, for example, uh, in, in season one, we're going to see Jason Todd, who is also going to be Robin, and that's going to be weird. 
Well, yeah, because uh, Dick Grayson's on the out as Robin at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's on, halfway to Nightwing. I was gonna say on the outs is is being generous. I mean, like the, so far, the the main focus has been Raven, but I would actually say you know it's it's definitely Robin. All the promotional ter- material, everything has been this is a Robin show. And he has top billing in the cast. Oh yeah, they're really late. And I do like how, who they cast as Robin. I, I don't I know the actor's name, but he's he's excellent. I haven't seen him in anything else, but yes, he's very good. Um, he, yeah, no, I'm he's definitely not a blockbuster actor, but I'm sure he's been in some like two bit sort of probably like some Dawson's Creek show. <laughs> yeah. He does have that kind of look to him, doesn't he? Yeah. He's handsome. He's very handsome. But uh, they they are going to so for example, let's start start right here with the very first villains they've shown in a real capacity is called um what are they called the the shit the family the, the the nuclear family the nuclear i was thinking toxic yeah, and so i was like no i mean it was close they're like the first villains they've really shown and we found out that's like an incredibly deep pull from a very obscure time in dc comics yeah super deep cut and that's something that jeff johns does in his books too you know midway through a story all of a sudden some person will show up you'll be like oh this is a new villain and you'll find out that they were a like side panel in a 1970s you know uh star girl comic and you're like oh so they're real but no one's ever heard of them and that's mm-hmm. kind of what the nuclear family is did you you read a lot about them right the, yeah I, I read up on them a little bit in the show they're just like this happy go like you know brady bunch just well, like that, that's the idea get... that's the pun the nuclear family yeah they you know why uh husband wife two and a half kids <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> And they're like all smiling and a guy comes to the door and he's like, who the fuck's at the door at this time? And they all look at him and he's like, oh, sorry, kids, puts a dollar in the swear jar. And all it is is some like agent shows up at the door and just goes, you've been activated. And the guy's face like smiles and he walks back and he's like, oh, opens what he puts a code in into the like cabinet. Yep, and then they get like these drugs, these syringes, they, and he's just which like, which are well, labeled for family members. Like. Yeah, and he's like, well, kids. It's time to go at it, and everyone smiles really creepy. Like they, they are super creepy. You have every reason to believe, though, that these people, like they, they haven't even called. Or no, they called them a nuclear family in the newest episode, right? Or if, no, when they go to the doctor's house or whatever the hell that guy's house is uh, after the husband dies. Yeah, and th- and they this even points out that they're not necessarily actual villains; that they're part of a bigger scheme. Because he's like. Well, every good family needs a father, so even though yours is dead, we'll get you a we'll new get you one. A replacement. And they all just are like, "Yeah, all right." Also, all right. don't eat the candies. <laughs> yeah, because he was totally intending to kill them all. The creepy butterscotches that they were <laughs> given to by these old ladies. By this creepy lady, like, oh, they're all so creepy. But that's you know what? Let's let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room with this series because if you looked at the previews, the thing you're probably going and saying in your head is like. This isn't the Teen Titans I remember. This is way too dark. Yeah, there's like, Teen Titans shouldn't be this dark. And uh, I'm like, um, so if you if you Teen Titans is actually a comic I'm a little bit more familiar yeah, with. Teen Titans is the the show is has moments of severe intensity. You just take those moments and only use those is what it feels a like. A lot of me. people are very familiar with the cartoon. Yeah. The Two, cartoon 2000 does... what? 3? I think is when that 2003 to 2006 or something like that. Um yeah. It's in that ballpark. So the cartoon is largely uh actually sticks fairly close to the source material of the new Teen Titans which was Marv Wolfman's yeah. run of yep. Teen Titans in which... the 80s. 
Yes. Yeah. Eighty. And that is con- yeah, that is considered some of the best stories in Teen Titans. You have the Judas contract, which is when Terra joins the team and then yep. betrays them With because of Deathstroke. Slade. Slade. Because yep. they weren't allowed to call they him Deathstroke. They weren't allowed to call him Deathstroke, but... The name was just a little too on the nose for kids at the time. But that's a very dark story because yeah. in the comics, Terra is introduced as a very likable character and they play the betrayal real hard. And they never redeem her, they kill her. Yes. Yeah, because it's easier that way. Just, mm-hmm. just offer, and, and you know, Beast Boy falls in love, and then uh, she is like, "Oh, I mean, I, I do like you, but unfortunately, you can go screw. This like, is what I'm here for." It's yeah, it's portrayed as very messed up, and then yeah. that segues directly into the terror of Trigon, uh-huh. which uh, is literally a war with Satan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. What is it? What is? I mean, he's not, he's 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 Hellboy is what so I picture he's, him as. He's the master of evil or something like yeah. that. He is a being created out of like pure evil and malevolence. And in the show, they actually call Raven the Destroyer of Worlds because she will introduce. They haven't said I mean, Trigon's name yet, but I mean, he is basically to DC what Mephisto is yeah. to uh, to Marvel. Yeah, so. uh, but less mischievous and more straight murder. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because Mephisto does and play... He, he has, like, a very... He does play, like, a very biblical angle to it, oh, yeah. too, where it's all, like, prophecy and doom and plagues Which and stuff the, like the that. Which the show is leaning into. In the... in the, in the Or, sorry, the live action. In the Teen Titans show, they laid off the whole, like, uh, pray to Christ to fight away the, the evil, you know, like, oh, God will save us. They play it off away from that a little bit. The show is leaning heavily into nuns and Catholicism and crosses and, like... God can protect you, which I like. I, I, sh- I it makes the show it more is basically just playing. It's doing the same thing the cartoon tried to do, but playing it closer to, playing it closer to the comics and playing it closer to specifically the Terror of Trigon. Yeah, and there, there's no Deathstroke in this. They haven't shown any. They haven't shown that they're building toward the Judas yeah. contract yet or anything. Uh, like Ju- that, but... Yeah, Jeff Johns said we talked about this before. Jeff John said, I think Judas Contract's like season three or something, because someone's like... Because Judas Contract only makes sense if they're an established team that already have a not even just an esta- Yeah, uh, not even just an established team. I mean, they have to be like a family at that point, because they're going to be a team all throughout this show, and it's like, yeah, cool. Um, which, the introduction of Doom Patrol, that showed you what a real family is like. Like, they have to get to that level, and then the Judas Contract will work. Did you catch who they cast to play Robot Man? Oh, oh, yeah. I've been following yes. this the whole time. So, okay, we'll get to Doom. So what I was going to say is the, the the tone of this, the, the way this show feels to me so far. So there's a lot of character departures from Teen Titans, the show, which, hold on. Raven and Starfire completely switched. Yes. If you're going to if you're gonna make comparisons the whole time, Edwin, you're going to have a bad time. You have to appreciate this for a, a, a new vision. It is what it is. It's not yeah. the comics. It's not the cartoon. It's it's allusions to, you know, it's constantly like, hey, this was in the comics and you'll get to see it. But that is not the the purpose. It's not like, you know, Sin City or Watchmen putting the panel on screen. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to kind of get a little more fun with it. So uh, fun might not be the bad word. So what I was going to say is, yes, A, Raven is like this teenage girl who's like, there's something evil in me, but... Hey, let's play arcade games and have. She's a li- really bubbly and happy and yeah. kind of doofy until she loses it. Like that's mm-hmm. which I I appreciate the contrast because Teen Titans Raven was just like you knew deep down there was always because she's very reclusive and like I'm gonna be bad. Whereas this one you're like oh wow she's making a joke holy shit she just murdered someone. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that and Starfires is the opposite of she was like oh I don't want to hurt anyone what do humans do I don't understand and then this one she's like she's karate chop burn you in half she's straight up Jason Bourne in this. <laughs> yeah, she's so the scene in um 
when her and, and, and Rachel, which I'm very excited for when they finally start calling her Raven. They've started alluding it in episode four where they show you. Oh, yeah, her. this is another thing to the, if we want to contrast with the cartoon. The cartoon almost never actually calls them by their real names, and it's, it's always like Robin, Starfire, yeah. Raven. This almost never calls them by their superhero you, names. You never actually hear Beast Boy, but you see, I, I, use, I watch it with subtitles. The subtitles call him Beast Boy, but he's always Gar. Mm-hmm. Raven is always Rachel. Starfire is Corey, but that's not even her real name. That's just what she's rolling with for well, now. Her name is well. Okay, so the the ID she has is Corey Anders. Yeah, and the alien being that is Starfire is Corey apostrophe A N D R. Yeah, so Coriander, kind of like the spice. Yeah, so she's you know. she's Corey for now, and then Robin has yet to be called Robin. He's been except for by Hawk and Dove. Mm-hmm. he's been dick dick grayson yeah i mean robin's an established thing in this universe too because yes. in the first episode he goes he dresses up as robin to fight like basically to bust up a drug ring that the but cops he, he only does it and this is another nice thing the show's doing he only does it when he needs to vent basically he's like i'm feeling grumpy uh, what do i do yeah i'm gonna go murder. That, that's basically the introduction to him as a character is that he's frustrated with this case that he because He's a cop at the show. Yeah. He's done being Robin. He's left Gotham City. He's gone to Detroit. And it's even a thing they call out in the... Uh, Which like, is weird. <laughs> Detroit's the place to go. Well, that's the, 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 the thing is that usually like in the DC universe, they have their own cities like Metropolis yeah. and Gotham. And they still have that, but also just Detroit. But also Detroit, Chicago, all these different towns. <laughs> but the thing I thought was um, was pretty cool was it actually calls out the fact that Robin hasn't been seen in a while. Which is weird. Two years, because he left Gotham. But which is weird, because like I said, we are going to meet Jason Todd. So I'm curious, when the time comes, it's like episode six or something. When Jason Todd shows up, is it going to be Jason Todd, who has not been seen yet? He's going to be like, hey, I think that's I was sent by Batman, I'm the new Robin, yada yada. I think that's going to be really cool. Because, uh, yeah, he, he beats the crap out of some people in Detroit, and all of the news thing is like, Robin's been gone for two years, why did he pick to show up here? And everyone's like, Robin should leave our town, this is this is a vigilante free zone, and stuff like that. I can't remember, I don't think it was BTAS, but I do think one of the, I, like, maybe Justice League Unlimited actually did have Jason Todd meeting Dick Grayson, who was Nightwing at that point, yeah. which was actually a pretty cool episode. Yeah, and they are saving the Nightwing reveal, uh, Jeff Johns did say that. They're saving that for its own, like, not event, but it's not going to be like, we're going to fight Trigon, check out my new costume. It's going to be like a full episode or two of like, I can't be Robin anymore. I need to be something. This is the young Jason kid. He's he's Robin now. Oh, how about this new suit? Jumping around, flying through the city. Yeah, this works. This is good. This is really nice. It's going to be its whole, like, whole thing. And, which I like. I'm excited about. Because if you just, if you brushed off that comic transition, it would be cheap. It would. It would feel a little cheap. Oh, and then the last thing I was going to say uh, on character. Remember the episode of Titan, Teen Titans when uh, Robin is, he thinks uh, the ex, well, I can't remember that the what that guy's, what he called himself then. Robin went around as a separate superhero with the red X on his face. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember what he was called there. And then a few episodes later, you find out that that red X guy is now someone else. Mm-hmm. When Robin is trying to figure out who that other Red X guy is, and he's constantly angsty and super on edge, that's what this Robin is. It's not like, hey, let's solve a crime and beat this bad guy Robin like most of Teen Titans. It's like, or or the episode where he keeps, where Slade's dead, but he keeps thinking Slade is there. Yeah. It's that Robin. Very on edge, not sure what to make of his life. If you are familiar with the history of Dick Grayson as a character, 
this does not feel weird at all. No, like, no, this is no, just, no. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's where that's where we're at. Okay, I'm on board. Exactly, exactly. And I'm, I, I'm if you are only familiar with ba- the idea of Robin from stuff like the '60s Batman yeah. and. Batman Forever, and, yeah. or no, Batman and Robin, or <laughs> the movie with George Clooney. Then this is going to seem like a weird swerve for Robin. Yeah. Actually, it, it really isn't. That Robin from, oh no, Batman and Robin. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I remember that Robin being a angsty little punk ass too. He wasn't Forever. In ba- he, cause Batman Forever is actually where they introduced him, not right. Batman and Robin. Okay, which one? Who did Forever they... they had Dick Grayson's whole backstory, although I think they retooled it so that Two-Face killed him. Yes, which... they did. That's right. Two, two, Two-Face and Riddler was Batman Forever. Yep. And yeah, they have Two-Face, like his thugs coming in and shooting it up and the bomb swinging around. He's a grown man when his parents die too. He's not a boy mm-hmm. uh, acrobat. He's like a 20-year-old man who's trying to get the bomb out of the circus or whatever. Well, yeah, because they the the only the actor they had to, I can't remember who it is. I don't know, but they had like a quintessential ninety late nineties actor. Yeah, like you know, pretty boy, action star kind of guy, mid twenties. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, you could be the boy wonder. That, that <laughs> <Yeah>. makes sense. <laughs> oh, it didn't work at all. It I'm I'm gonna actually look up his name right now, but I remember that was just in that, that Batman movie. Forever. Uh, people remember it as better than Batman and Robin. I don't think they're wrong, but it is not a good. I, I would take Batman Forever any day of the week. Did Batman Forever have Poison Ivy? Batman Forever did have... No. Batman no. and Robin was Poison Ivy. Batman and Robin was Poison Ivy. That's right. That movie was just Honestly, so bad. It's hard. They're, they're both different kinds of bad. Chris O'Donnell mm. was was Robin or, or Dick Grayson. Oh my goodness. So re- No, so Batman Forever, I actually don't mind that much. Batman and Robin, I haven't seen in so long. I don't want to see it. But I remember as a kid, because that's the one that paints Gotham as like this neon rave fucking ecstasy town no forever does it as well forever robin just takes it batman and robin takes it further which one's the one that shows them driving the car robin's on the motorcycle they're jumping a bridge and he's like no robin you can't make that jump i can do it batman and he like rides the crotch rocket and jumps the bridge I can't remember if that's forever or Batman or Robin. Yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest, and they're like, uh, no, that's no. Together. I actually know what that one is. That one's um, Batman and Robin because he's chasing Doctor Freeze. He's chasing Arnold Schwarzenegger in his cold mobile, and they're like jumping through heads. There's like a big head in that like bridges. The mouth goes is the opening to the bridge, and God, that movie was. And that's the one where they fight the gang of neon rave guys uh, down in the streets, and Bane shows up with his with the venom, and he gets real big. That movie's bad, dude. That movie is that so movie's bad. bad, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe we should rewatch that and see if it combats fan force. Did that? Well, it could. It very did well that... could. Do Do you think that that movie did a better or worse disservice to Bane than Batman Forever did to Two Face? So so okay, hold on. All right, I would say yes for one reason. So Two Face was all right for most of that movie. The problem with Two Face in Batman Forever is that they play him like the way, and I do like um, what's jeez, I'm blanking on his name. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. I do like Tommy Lee Jones as an actor. Yeah, he's in some of my favorite movies. I yeah. love his roles in a lot of things, but when he's playing Two Face, he plays him like if you've ever gone to like I don't know like a Disney World Batman stunt show or like a six. No, it'd be like Six Flags because Six Flags. Yeah, 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 I was gonna if say. If you that went to like Six Flags and like. Here's the Batman stunt show. 
And they had just some guy dressed as Batman. They're like, oh no, it's Two-Face. Watch yeah. out, Batman. That's basically what Tommy Lee Jones is playing as Two-Face. He also played him like the Joker, not like Two-Face. He's like, oh, I'm I'm goofy and quirky and a little wrong in the head, right? It's like, no, Two-Face is very poised. He's either a businessman making decisions or a cr- crime lord about to shoot you in the face. The problem is that his particular brand of madness is that he is incapable of making moral decisions. Exactly. He's just, it's just, um, it's a, he's a psychopath. He's, or a sociopath when he's in two-face mode. Because he believes that no matter what he chooses, he's going to end up equally fucked in the end. So his, his, his moral compass is just completely broken. He allows it to be, cho- everything he does is chosen arbitrarily by the coin flip. And Tommy Lee and Jones plays flips out if he can't get so, the coin flip, which they do play. But So that, that's the one thing that was completely bullshit in that movie was when he kept flipping the coin to get the right answer he would flip it twice he went and flipped it again no two-face lives by that coin if he's not happy with it but if he flips it and it says you're gonna live well he walks away he's pissed yeah he would not he would not redo the flip and they were like nope he's he's going for what he wants it's like no that's the exact opposite of what because that means he made the decision and that's the one thing he can't do the coin makes the decision right. not the one the, the one the way you mess up two faces to take away the coin because then he'll just freeze up because he can't decide he can't he's just like I, i'm two coins he's two people in one head so. mm. anyways we should rewatch that movie but uh god damn by the way so the bad. dark knight doesn't play with that at all so no <laughs> but what they did with bane they took bane is bane Bane is the, if you read Tom King's run, which now that you have that iPad, I highly recommend it. Bane is Batman's best villain across the board. He is his actual arch rival. He's the only one that is an equal to Batman. The rest of them are fun. The Joker's the opposite of him who's fucking with his head. The Riddler's the smartest man, whatever. Bane is actually Batman who chooses to kill. Basically what it is. Well, he was... Batman, Batman was brought up in the darkness, but Bane was born. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm now covering my mouth to do the Bane voice. So. I know he had that thing on him. So, could, um, so that movie but was I like know his origin is that he was like born in prison. I have and, I have an issue. I want you to read. Or like it. his his father was a criminal, or his parents Dude, were criminals, or something. You're gonna read it. They, Actually, it's done. He was born in prison, and for some reason, because of how justice seems to work in Gotham. He was, the life sentence carried over to Bane for no reason. So so, so they did a different... Uh, Tom King wrote an issue about exa- everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's like issue like 20-something. You're going to read it when we're done here. You're coming out. It's, in- it's incredible, and it'll paint it perfect. And that movie literally took all of that away. That movie was like, hey, look, buff guy who takes steroids. That's all that movie made him. You're talking Batman and Robin. Yeah. He didn't... Ta- he didn't yeah, no. Because he, he was... He was just a big goon in that movie. Exactly. Like he, was, he was a bodyguard for Poison Ivy, and that's stupid. A henchman for Batman to fight. Exactly, and that is not Bane at all. Oh, that was so bad. But Titans. All right. Yeah, we got on track <laughs> there. So, 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 so far, there's one one minor asterisk I'll make towards Titans, and it's not a bad thing, but it's a thing I, th- I think people would be fair to hold against it. Jeff Johns is one of the main writers for this show. He is writing the dialogue like word bubbles in a comic. I and, can see that. And I have a little bit of a problem with that. Like, for example, when uh, when Raven meets, um, well, when Rachel meets Corey, um, when Raven meets Starfire, when she burns uh, the dad from the family mm-hmm. and she walks in, it's literally like, who am I? I don't know. Who are you? I don't know. Let's go. 
Like, I think that's the exact dialogue. I'm not even being dry there. I could actually see him, like, storyboarding. And I feel like he wrote the comic. And if you read it as a comic, you put your own voice to it. And you add, like, these little moments in their head that you can play off. But when you're watching it on screen, it comes off like a word bubble. You're just like, okay. It's not a bad thing. So far, the show is doing... Like, some of the stuff between um, Robin and Hawk and Dove was my favorite besides Doom Patrol, which we'll get to, was, like, my favorite interpersonal stuff. But the stuff between the heroes and the villains is very, very short, sweet, and to the point, like a comic, because you can't fit, par- you know, like, when you're reading a book, it- he said he looked menacing. You can't put all that. It's just the image and the word bubble. I, I don't know. I f- that's the impression I got from the show so far. I'll give you, I'll give you my gripe with the show. Hit me. The CGI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they cho- like where they chose to use sometimes some, some, it's good. Some effects and not like all little... of the effects around Raven I think are pretty good. You pretty much have to use a lot of CGI for that. They also do pretty good makeup for when she's doing her like freak out modes. Yeah. I'm okay with it for Beast Boy too because you pretty much need to use CGI to convey his powers. And but they use it for a lot of things that you wouldn't need to use CGI yeah. for and it gets distracting sometimes. I I would agree. Um I definitely think you know, like, like the tiger doesn't look great, but you're. I have to imagine this: the cost of like, darkening your eyes and making you crackled is a lot cheaper than building an entire tiger to walk around, especially right, or training a tiger that you have to keep on set, which would probably be real dangerous, dangerous and expensive and time consuming and a lot of film. Um, but yeah, there is moments where I'm like, why did you chose to show that that way? Like, for example, I understand that for Raven, you can't do the shadows like in the show. I get that. What they're doing is, is pretty nice. And the same thing goes for Starfire. Like, I understand that you can't use just beams of light. You have to do. I'm okay with how Starfire's powers. I I think those are doing really well, but, um, like for example, when when Raven they they go back to the to the uh, monastery to answer questions, and uh, Dick and Starfire are they're they're both out at some storage unit getting the answers that Ra- Starfire has that she forgot about, which they haven't explained why she has no memory yet, and it's really good. I think they're doing that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, when she starts going nuts and the glass is like flying through open air to talk to her, I thought that was a little unnecessary. I thought you could portray that. Like, it looked a little corny. The The CGI for the, the mirror floating was a little... I was like, you That's can... That's what I mean. Like, sometimes I just feel like they kind of overdo it. They, yeah. They push it where... They, they, instead of just using it for flair like they probably should, they make it the main thing. Yeah. And when you focus on it too much, it takes you out of it a little because you're like, oh, no, that, does, that looks fake. It just looks... And there's nothing wrong with... Like we said, Beast Boy obviously is a fake CGI green tiger. But even that, it's... It's short enough and for a very specific reason that you're like, okay, and you roll with it. And then you have these big set pieces like even even when Raven is going nuts and she just broke uh, the doctor's back at the end of the Doom Patrol episode, the fourth one, that blue portal with the like goo Raven I was okay with I was okay with the goo. Yeah, that wasn't bad, but I was like, you're you're there's so much in this scene going nuts and yet also Robin just walks through it and goes and grabs her. I was like, I don't really know what you're going for here. Is she actually losing it or or is 
it's she unclear, letting him through? Or? It's unclear exactly how much control Raven actually has. So, actually, that's one thing I'm going to give a really good credit to the show for. Everyone, including Doom Patrol, which is very apparent with... Um, I can't remember her name. I'm going to look it up so we can be more accurate here. The way they show how no one really understands who they are yet is awesome. Because if you were like... If you were like, Starfire can control her beams and fly, and Raven can do like a a shadow sword to stab you with, and Beast Boy goes into all these different animals, A, you need need cartoony animation for that, and I like that they're staying away from that, but B, you lose a lot of this. So for example, uh, in the Doom Patrol, when it... uh, Gar goes up, or Beast Boy, goes up to talk to um, Cassie? Is that her name? The the Elastigirl? Elastigirl. I can't remember her real name. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely look it up. When when he goes up, I can there, remember all their superhero names. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the easy part. Um, when he goes up and he's like, "Hey, you know, we have a friend. I, I really want you to to come down and whatever, whatever." Um, all you see is this like amorphous blob of flesh. Like that's pulsating. practical effect too. Yeah, it was well, and the, I mean they probably like lost it a little bit, but yeah, I think that's mostly like yeah, they like built a blob. Yes, uh, her name is Rita Farr. I don't know where okay. I was going, but Rita. Um, that that's awesome. And then she comes down later, and and she's like very poised and looks normal. And then she's like going to eat a punch, and her face starts to melt and stuff. Like they're showing you that all of these characters, Beast Boy is like I. Doc thinks I can control my powers, but I just like being a tiger. Like, all of these people are in a place of shit could go wrong for any of them at well, any point. They're, they're not really superheroes at this point, the Doom Patrol here. No, the they're... Doom well, the Doom Patrol's never a superhero group, really. I mean, they are, but but they're, they're not. But, like, okay, so yeah, let's get into the Doom Patrol So now. this is episode number four. The one that just came out is my favorite episode by far. As of the time of recording, as of the time of airing, another episode will have come out. Five will be out by that point, but that's okay. I'm not sure. They have a title for what five is on there. I'll look that real quick, but episode four, A, finally puts the whole team together at the end. It does. Well, what team is going to be for Titans? It's worth noting. No no Cyborg. Cyborg is coming. He is? Yeah, Jeff Johns did say that, but he's going to start out with Doom Patrol. He's going to be introduced in the Doom Patrol show, which comes out in February. Okay. He's going to be introduced there, and then over time, he's going to be kind of wherever in the DC Universe shows they want him to be, um, which I'm totally okay with. But he uh, he's not going to be introduced for a while. So you've got, at the end of this episode, Beast Boy, Raven, Cy- um, Starfire, and Robin getting into his Porsche and driving off. Finally, it doesn't say really what they're doing other than leaving, but well, for Robin has finally resolved that... He's actually going to be like a leader to this team because the first like four or three or four episodes have him dealing with the fact that whatever his relationship with Batman is, it didn't end well for him. Yes. And he is reluctant to start. They they play up the parallel between him and Batman with him and Raven. Mm -hmm. He's reluctant to take on that kind of mentor relationship toward Raven because he feels that she could turn out more damaged than she already is. Like he did. Mm-hmm. Um, the next episode is just called Together. So I have a feeling the next episode is going to just be focused on those four. Um, and I know that the uh, the uh, nuclear family comes back to, mm-hmm. to keep hunting them down. But So this episode gives you Doom Patrol, which is... Okay, Grant Morrison is my favorite author, a comic book writer, I should say, of all time. I love all his books. I bought a ton of them so I can start reading them. So good. His Doom Patrol run is what this is taking mostly off of. 
they're they're borrowing almost entirely from his Doom Patrol run um, because each one was different. The only character from or, or superhero from Doom Patrol that's been used in every single iteration of Doom Patrol is Robot Man, Cliff, uh, played by Brendan Fraser, yes. uh, which is so good. And they're actually going to show him. There's going to be flashbacks and all this different stuff. Brendan Fraser is going to be in the show. It's not they, just they showed him in p- photographs. Already, yep, so. yep. It's not just going to be voice work, although. His voice acting for that character... Okay, so so the, the name... the Doom Patrol is called The World's Strangest Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for very good reason. And I thought this episode did a wonderful job of showing the dynamic and how crazy those five the, people are. The idea me. is that they're all people whose superpowers make it like impossible for them to blend into society. Yeah, and also makes and them normal lives. kind of impractical. Like, none of their powers are like, I have super speed and super strength and all this stuff. It's like... Um, negative man, his body possesses, possesses, sorry, negative energy, so he can, but not like, uh, well, I'm sure it will over time be fully controllable, but, um, he has to like keep it contained under those wrappings. He's like heavily irradiated. Yeah. Like you would just die if you... If he untook, if he took all of his stuff off and you gave him a handshake, like, Mm -hmm. um, robot man is just a robot. There's nothing... He's a a guy's brain and a robot body. that's all he is. Elastigirl is very stretchy, but not like... Not, Not like, like Mr. Fantastic, where it's <laughs> yeah. cool. Like, she has to actually expend energy to maintain a human form. Yeah. Otherwise, she just flops into an amorphous blob. And they actually make a point in the show, she has to eat a ton to maintain the energy to keep herself yeah. in human like form. Like, an insane amount of calories. So, like, she is basically constantly flexing in order to just look human. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then, uh, what they're going to do... Oh, and then you have the doctor, of course. Niles Calder. Um, he AKA. doesn't have any powers, but he's basically the Professor X of their team. Yep, he's a super genius who uses his uh, powers with, or I mean, his intelligence to cure people that creates these these sort of situations. Because right, in a lot of cases, their powers would kill them if they weren't treated. Yes. It's like their bodies are stripped of everything, and he gives them the little bit they need to survive. And then they become a family. Right, and uh, Beast Boy was not an original member of the Doom Patrol. He was added later. And they do point out that... One thing that separates him from the rest of them is that his powers are actually fully controllable. So he can he can blend in with society seamlessly. Which is very accurate to the comics. That's basically exactly how the comics did it. Mm. Was, hey, this kid's coming in, we're all a bunch of freaks, and he's like, well, I guess actually he's kind of normal. Go do your thing. He actually, in the, in the comics, he goes to Hollywood uh, to fight with the, what do they call them? The West Teen Titans or the Teen Titans West or something like that. Mm. Um, so they did that really well. I really appreciated how they set that up. Um, and he clearly doesn't share the mentality of the other ones. Everyone is just a kid, really. Yeah. And everyone in the Doom Patrol is very aware that they owe their lives to him and that to the doctor, to the chief. And without chief, they are, you know, for example, Rita, you know, she was tested on and tortured and shit like that. She was held because of her body being weird like it is. Right, and she holds some real, like, trust issues because yeah. of that. Robot Man is aware that he can't experience anything at all. Negative Man, like we've said, will kill someone just by existing. Like, they're all aware that they owe even just the sort of camaraderie they have to each other. They can't go and do anything else. So you get a lot of really fun dynamics. Like, like I loved how they showed Negative Man cooking and dancing, and he's like the he's the he's the goofball of the group. He's mm-hmm. the he's the one that's just having fun. He's like a friend. Uh, yeah, he's like the friendly uncle, and uh, Robot Man's the stern dad. Yep, yep. Robot Man's the one who's just like, come on, guys, get it together. Oh, when Ro- so 
when Robot Man was asking her to explain how the food tastes because he can't eat anything or any, anymore, he was just very like, yeah, how's, how's, how's the waffle? Is it, is it crispy? Is it soft on the inside with just the right amount of butter? And he just wants her to explain to him what it is to be a person. That- it, it almost sounds like he's being sassy, but the entire conversation is actually really sincere. Like, he's legitimately just reminiscing, and Raven's legitimately just being nice to him. By- yeah, because she's being, she loves these people. She's like, oh my god, you guys are all fun. I'm having fun at dinner. Yeah. And, Which uh, is, again, I really like the way that Raven is actually characterized in this, where she's just kind of a doofy, friendly person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's gonna, I think it's gonna set up a lot of good uh, team dynamics with uh, Robot Man being disassociated from humanity, because the whole time between that sort of thing, talking about dancing, um, there's a later part where they're like, we have, we have this big meal spread, and then you just see Robot Man tap all four fingers on the plate, and he just like looks down. And even though he doesn't emote, you, you can tell it's like a sadness almost. He's just like... Ugh. Robot Man, the way he's designed in the show, he always looks kind of sad. Yeah, he, he's he's gonna be... the. I mean, even like Beast Boy picks on him. Like, well, he doesn't have any powers. He's just a robot. Like, that, that's all... You know, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's nothing. And I think that's gonna come up a lot in Doom Patrol. Um, they're also bringing in, when the show finally comes out, they're gonna add another Grant Morrison character called Crazy Jane. She's a woman with disassociative personality, but each of her personalities has a different superpower. Okay. So, you know, it's like Split, actually. It's very similar to Split. And she can never be two of them at the same time. So she'll okay. have this power, and then all of a sudden she'll be a different person with this power. Um, the one person I really want to see, and supposedly it became like a big deal in the comics, was a character named Danny. That was a city street. A literal oh. sentient city street. You're walking down the street, you're walking on Danny, and it's a, it's a... It's a living being, um, which I guess in the new Doom Patrol with Gerard Way turned into an entire world. Like, Danny became his own world. Okay. I don't understand it. A lot of freaking Doom Patrol makes no sense, and that's the point. That's why it's so perfect. Like, everything's so prim and proper in these shows. Supergirl, Flash, all these things are very, like... The point of Doom Patrol is the exact opposite. Doom Patrol is like when you ask a kid, what is your superpowers? And they're like, I can shoot spaghetti from my fingertips when I get sad. And you're like, why? Because uh, I can. Doom Patrol is like the best kind of Silver Age. Oh, basically yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. But I was I was reading a little bit about the history of Doom Patrol and like how it, how it started. And it was a it was a spinoff of I can't remember what the book was called. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, where they introduced these characters and the author uh, got his own book five issues later. They're like, well, we're turning it just into Doom Patrol. Made the book. It was super popular. Three years later, it kind of tanked. So they canceled the book and he was so salty that instead of allowing the book to just get canceled, he killed off all the characters in the final right, And he issue. kills them off in like a real sad way too. Yeah, they sacrifice their lives for something and they all definitely to die. To save people who hate them. Exactly, exactly. And it, Oh, also, fun fact, which this isn't not confirmed or anything like that doom patrol is about outcasts who want to use their weird powers to help society despite the fact that society hates them sound mm-hmm. familiar it's x-men mm-hmm. and doom patrol came out two months before the first x-men issue and for the long for years uh the creator of doom patrol claims that stanley got wind uh stole the ideas someone told him and he went and took it and made his own not yeah. confirmed but that's what he believed. You know, all things considered, I could buy that. I'm sure if Jack Kirby were still alive, he would also probably buy off <laughs> yeah, on that yeah. one. I mean, Marvel is is widely known for how they borrow, borrowed ideas from DC. That's not like a minor thing. It happened year after year after yeah. year. 
um, with all of the superheroes. Um, but it cannot be confirmed. Um, so, so yeah, they, they murdered off all the writers and then years later, it was like, it was like 20 years later, the, these other writers decide, Hey, can we do something with Doom Patrol? And they're like, yeah, of course they write it. And instead of doing the like quirky, these people don't understand themselves, uh, like interpersonal dynamic sort of stuff, they made a superhero book out of Doom Patrol. And everyone hated it. Everyone's like, no, that's not what Doom Patrol is. And it didn't sell very well, and they canceled it. That's the thing, because Doom Patrol, while it does sound very similar to X-Men in premise, they weren't really like the X-Men. We're like, the X-Men are a superhero team, first and foremost. Yes. With a lot of social commentary thrown in there. Doom Patrol was less was more like, these are just weird people who've kind of been screwed over by their own superpowers. Yeah. Here's how they live. And when you try, like, if you had... If you had freaking Darkseid show up and only Doom Patrol was there to fight him, Doom Patrol's dead. There's not a way to write that story that turns Doom Patrol into the Justice League. It's That's not the point of what their they powers, are. Their powers are more detrimental than they are beneficial. Exactly. And that, and that book tanked, so they canceled it. And then a few years later, they were like, hey, try again. So they made it. One, they went for one more run, was not doing very good. DC refused to give up on the idea. And at that time, Grant Morrison was very, very hot coming off the heels of I think he came off of arkham asylum and animal man anyways and they're like here take doom patrol he picked it up and it became the best-selling book for dc for a little while um which we're gonna read and talk about one day because i, I think i already made my point i like i like me some grant i'm a big fan of grant mm-hmm. and um that's mostly what this is pulling from they're using his cast uh except for like one character and danny if you want to consider the sentient street a character um, but some of the villains that they're going up against, I know for a fact that the main villain of Doom Patrol is Alan Tudyk. As, oh, okay. um, as, um, sh- uh, what's Oh, he he's called? great as a villain. Ne- Negative Man? No, that's Spider-Man's villain. Uh, it's in here somewhere. I can't remember who the villain is. keep the difference between, uh, what is it, Negative Man and Mr. Negative? <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. There I, is it. Oh, I wasn't at the bottom. I thought I was all the way at the bottom. Whoops. Uh, and there's also going to be, this is really important, so Mr. Nobody. Mr. Okay. Nobody. There we go. That's my bad. Um, they also, the uh, uh, the chief, uh, Dr. Calder, mm. he is going to be cast by a different actor for the show. Okay. And this is really important. So they're calling him Timothy Dalton. Uh, or I mean, the actor the is... Timothy Dalton the actor is going is, to be brought in? Yeah. Timothy Dalton is the chief now. Okay. And the reason this is so important, um, this is a spoiler for Doom Patrol in the future. I'm not sure if they're going to use the storyline, but the character in the comics um, is very important. So the chief is not always a good guy. Did mm. you read about that? About those like sort of things they did with that? Well... So, so what happened was, after the first run of Doom Patrol, and then they killed off everybody, when the second run started up, it was his wife, whose name I can't remember. They have it in here, but it's not super important. Um, his wife comes back, and she runs the next team, the one that got canceled, you know, 20 years later. And then they reboot it, and they actually get rid of her and bring back Calder. And it turns out, and they did this, they kind of set this, this, the stage for this. He's not a good man. So they crisscross. Calder, the chief, is the leader of Doom Patrol for years, and then, like, 50 issues in... It turns out he actually set up all the experiments that made these bad things happen to all these people, and he's actually so been... he's kind of just taking care of them in order to keep the experiment going. It's very, it's very um, uh, William Stryker esque of 
I'm going to use mutants for my own personal gain. Kind of mm-hmm. like how he had Lady Deathstrike and whatnot. Under the guise of being I'm a helping philanthropist you. Yeah. So you you spend all this time reading the book, falling in love with him, to turn out he's bad. They kind of set the stage for that in this Doom Patrol debut. He was not a good man in this episode. Well, yeah, because like he says that it's in her best interest, but when he goes to like operate on Raven and try to cancel out her powers or whatever it is, and she's not okay with it, mm-hmm. and Gar tries to stand up for her, and he just tranks, tranks him. him. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole time he treats Beast. It's a. Uh, I think that conversation between him and Beast Boy was a very immediate. Like this is what an abusive relationship looks like. He also kind of treats him like a pet. Exactly, exactly. He was like, you're going to obey me. Don't let this happen again. And then instantly, oh, you know I had to talk to you like that. It's very Mm. abusive relationship. He he scolds and demeans and yells at and then immediately goes, but you're important to us. Like, no, no, I I didn't mean to hit you is basically. Yeah, you can understand why they're kind of trapped because they all owe their lives to this guy. And at the very end when they're like, Beast Boy, you go, you can live in the open world. We are, actually, Rita even says that. We owe our lives to him. We know what it takes. We'll, we'll be here for him. You go do your thing. Mm. They, I mean, even without that spoiler, even without knowing that, it's it's pretty apparent that the chief is is definitely in it for probably the wrong reasons. Um, like I said, no idea if they're going to use that storyline. That was that was very late, like sixty issues deep in Grant's run. They might not do that for a while, but. Um, well, that's interesting. Timothy Dalton's played villains before and James Bond. I don't even know who Timothy Dalton is. I mean, he's I know played he's James Bond. Yeah, I know he's James Bond, but like, I couldn't put a, a face. He was to only him. in two movies, though. So were they two good ones? Uh, License to Kill and um... oh, I know Timothy Dalton. He's a badass. Uh, he was in The Living Daylights and License to Kill, which were the darker Bond movies. Yeah. Oh, that's where I know him from. You know where I know him from? Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah, he was the bad guy. Yeah, that. he was the main, the one who gets the spike through his yep. jaw, and he's just sitting there, oh, this really hurt. <laughs> yeah. He's got the spike through his That's where that I know Timothy so Dalton. Oh, damn it. All right, we're cool. We figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to be the, the and they're they're speculating, like, you go from this introduction to Titans and a few months from now, few months from now when Doom Patrol actually comes out, uh, to having this new guy, they're gonna they they're it's speculating. interesting because Timothy Dalton's actually the bigger actor than the guy they have playing. Oh in yeah, the Titans. <laughs> and they're they're speculating that they're gonna use that sort of like ruse of like, nope, that wasn't me, or I changed my appearance, or whatever, as a way to continue the undermining well, of what even does mess him up. And you don't ever she breaks his back. Yeah. yeah, she breaks it because he just learned how to walk again. That's a point of it. <laughs> again, yeah. Professor X. Well, so so he he in the in the original comics was in a wheelchair just from the get go. So the fact that he was walking in this kind of caught me off guard. I was like, wait again, a minute, what, Professor? X. <laughs> yeah, kind of caught me off guard. I was like, wait, what? Well, they mentioned it even before he shows up. They're yeah, like, oh, he just learned to walk again. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and then she breaks his back, so he's going to be wheelchair bound again. It's going to be great. Raven as a sixteen year old girl just. Picks him up and straight banes him over. Yeah, yeah. No, no, she that, does magic. That would have been really cool. Yeah, she like she like bird goo, black goo birds because at first it's birds that come out and then it's a swirl of like this shadowy goo grabs him and just hucks him against the wall. Literally, just strong. And all the whole time, it's like this is really interesting. Yeah, he's fascinating <laughs> while he's standing up in the air. Uh, and then that actually introduced like one of my favorite moments was when Robin and Starfire break in or not break in, but they walk in the doors wide open. Lights are going nuts. They're standing in the room. Elastigirl, negative man and robot man all come out 
and stand there and they're like, who are you? Uh, uh, and you hear screaming, lights flickering and they leave. And negative, uh, negative man's like, you don't want to do this. You don't want, or you don't want to see what I have under here. And she goes, her eyes just flash green in, or neither do you or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was like my favorite moment. Cause it was like, oh shit, superhero versus superhero. This is going to happen. Thankfully, it didn't. Starfire would have just burned the whole thing down. It make it makes sense though. You don't you don't want the Titans to no. be on bad terms with the Doom Patrol. Mm-mm. That would be dumb. And there's going to be a bunch more crossovers in the future. I want to see them like as often as possible. I thought that was just oh, it's just too good to miss. Uh, but that was one moment. I thought the CGI for Beast Boy when he's like yelling at the Doctor to let her go. When he's slowly transforming, becomes green, gets the kind of the yeah, almost a cool gets a mouth, the teeth. That looked really, really good. I I really like. Okay, so if we're if we're talking about the characterizations of the characters, and we've gone through we've gone through Robin, we've gone through Starfire, we've gone through Raven. Beast Boy is exactly the same as he is. Beast in the, Boy is in the cartoon in in, in everything. Much, in everything, like it seems like, like that's yeah. the one character they're never gonna waver on. They're like, no, it's too it's too perfect to do Beast Boy like this. That he's always that. And the big moment that really seals that in spite of being a goofball that he's actually a real decent guy is when he stands up to the doctor yeah. and it's just like, no, she said she's not cool with this. I'm not cool with this either and yeah. I will fight you if yeah. you don't let her go. I'm going to turn into something because he's not like, turning into I, I owe my life to you, but this is not okay. Yeah, I... There's a line and you've crossed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how they're going to get around how like some some... Some doctor somewhere is going to have to build a suit for him, like Fantastic Four. So, so he he's not always naked. naked. Every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like when he's the tiger, and then he, he turns back into a human. He's like, "Oh, don't look! Don't 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 look at this!" Yeah. And also, apparently, Raven has healing powers, which was a little funky. She healed that deer after it yeah. was shot. It died. It actually died there, and then all of a sudden, it wounds heals and its eyes come back. And she calms down slash heals the girl who was like encased in liquid nitrogen. I don't. I never remembered Raven being able to do that, so that's a little. As I said, Raven in this show is basically a goth Disney princess. She's a goth Disney god. Like <laughs> she, she, she can do anything whenever she wants. And I also got really worried uh, when the nuns locked her downstairs and she kind of lets Trigon in. I was worried that was going to already be the turn for her. Like, oh, okay, Trigon's here. Like, I, I feel like that's what the season is building toward. Well, totally, yeah. Raven is going to turn full evil and they stop her. Because that is an arc in the comics. Yes, yeah. They do that before but, Trigon. But, I, 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 when, so when she's going nuts, right, and she whips the doctor against the wall, breaks his back, there's that blue portal that she's just getting ready to walk into. I don't know if they're going to do evil Raven or no Raven, just Trigon. Well, like when I, Trigon I, when Trigon gets accepted and gets invited in, uh, is it just going to be like Raven's gone for a minute and they just fight Trigon? Or I think bringing Trigon in fully in the first season would be a mistake yeah. because Trigon is a villain you scale up to. Yeah, he's, he's not the first boss. You might want like Cyborg there. You might even want like a Doom Patrol crossover for that. Like you want. I'd something. like to see Deathstroke before I see Trigon. Really. So, I'm not totally opposed. I, you know what? Actually, I would because. In the comics, or I mean in the show, Teen Titans, she knows Trigon's her father trying to come back the whole time. Yes. And she uses that to be better and be stronger. I think if you give that away and then take it and Raven just is Raven, you you lose that edge of... Right, so I'm okay with building Trigon up now, but I don't think he should be the final boss of the first season. Yeah, yeah. I think you I should... feel like having him loom over the head of the show for a time and dragging it out would be better. You know what I want to see, and I'm not sure if it'll happen... 
the professor they introduce when the nuclear family goes, uh, the mom and the two kids. One, are they like robots or something? Because he has like the kill button. Maybe they just have a chip in their brain or something. He's like, all right. It's, entire, it's not entirely clear. They do take drugs to power themselves up. Yeah. But so he's also that like, would imply that they're organic in, to yeah. some extent. But maybe they're organic. like They could be like clones. Yeah, they were built, you know, in mm. some capacity. I don't know. Um, but I'm curious if that guy is like either Brother Blood or the Hive of some sort or... Brother Blood could make sense as, at this as, point. Yeah, um, you know, because you can you can keep doing this Trigon build, Trigon build, and then when the you constantly send these mercs after the her to try to kill her, then when you before you unveil Trigon, you unveil that like she's strong enough to suppress these feelings and use her powers, you know, through friendship and whatever, and instead you focus on the assassin group constantly trying to kill her, and then you could do the Hive or Brother Blood if you so choose. You could do either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly after they beat that, you intru- or even before they beat that, you introduce Deathstroke as the main assassin that they're going to fight. and Whatever. I mean, yeah, I think her personal struggle against keeping him away is also essential to her using her powers to fight for good. So I, I would agree. I was, I actually, when it came out, I was like, yeah, Trigon, give me Trigon in the end of this. But I think you're right. I think holding off on him would be good too. All right. First, first season's main villain. Mad Mod. Well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if that's who that was? That could have been Mad Mod there. He was a classy oh, yeah. fellow. <laughs> a little taller. He than wasn't I... British enough. Yeah, he was he didn't he didn't design enough clothing in that episode for <laughs> us to really think maybe it was Mad Mod, but I also wouldn't mind seeing the uh the genius boy, the frick, what was his name? The dude with the spider backpack. Mm. Um in the in the Teen Titans cartoon. The green costume with the goggles. I cannot remember his name. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him. I wouldn't mind seeing basically Sabretooth, whatever that guy's, that character's name was. Um, But I would, I do think it wouldn't work well to introduce uh, the bee. Uh, What was her name? I think it was just Bumblebee. Bumblebee. I don't think that that's for the better. I think that's like a whole season. Don't need Aqualad, Speedy. Yeah, don't need any of them. I don't think the team needs to grow at all. Like even the Judas contract with Terra. You could introduce her in one season and then use the Judas contract in the next. Well, the thing is, she's not a permanent addition. You kill her off. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's the point. That's not yeah. how that ends. But, Sorry, spoilers for a comic that was made in the 80s. Yeah, exactly. You could introduce her in, like, let's say, season two, though, and make her part of the team at the end of season two, and then the cliffhanger at the end is, guess what's coming next season? You could do that. That'd be pretty nuts. Well, I almost feel like you kind of need... Well, no, you don't need Deathstroke for the Judas contract, but you need a similar figure. To... Yeah. And I hope they call him Slade, actually. I, w- I would be... If they did Slade again and don't call him Deathstroke, I'd kind of be into that. Did you watch Arrow? Because they do use Deathstroke yeah, in Arrow. Yeah, I didn't. Is it good? I actually thought... So, season one of Arrow is weird because they feel really reluctant to actually admit that it's based off of a comic. And the fact that it's just Batman. Um, uh, it, sh- it shares an executive producer with um, Titans. Oh, oh, so, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, but season two, mm-hmm. and actually they start building him up in season one as Slade. Mm-hmm. But in season two, he becomes Deathstroke and is the main villain of season two. Season two of Arrow is real good. I've heard it's a, it's like the best part, and then three drops hard. Three drops hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three. Well, three. They basically like okay. 
what what villains does Green Arrow fight? And they're like, um, well, uh, so there there's Merlin, there's uh, <laughs> the the Dark Archer. He's the main one. Oh, okay, we did him in season one. Yeah. Uh, maybe we could bring him back. <laughs> uh, who else does he have? Well, we did Deathstroke. Well, he's really a Batman villain or a Titans villain, but who else do we have? Um, is Ra's al Ghul? No, no. He... <laughs> yeah, they, that whole show was like, okay, we can't do Batman they, on the CW. Like, Let's just do Batman, but without Batman. Like everything, every other week, it's a Batman villain. Yeah. Sometimes they're obscure ones, like the Clock King and Firefly, yeah. but they're Batman villains. Yeah, just through and through. It's, and, and that's fine. That's fine. But it, it never interested me to see Green Arrow as Batman. I just, and also. But as I said, the stuff with Deathstroke is. Yes. Season two is, is, is has been highly recommended a few times. So I'll, I'll check it out. But if when it comes to CW, I really only like The Flash. I thought The Flash was great. Of what I've seen, I've seen up to season three, so. Like, I'm halfway through the Savitar stuff. They also bring in Suicide Squad into the yep. universe, which I'm actually kind of... Their their portrayal of the Suicide Squad is actually pretty okay. I'm, yep. I'm, I, 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 I'm, it's worth my time, but is it going to take any of my time? Probably not. And probably not. I'd rather read books than watch CW stuff. Yeah. Especially because DC's made such a commitment to the fact that the CW... It's like Netflix Marvel. They've made such a commitment that this is going to stay its own thing don't worry about it seeing it elsewhere, then I'm like, okay, then I'm not going to even worry about seeing it there. Like, you've been building this connected universe through and through. You can't have a movie-connected universe, an app-connected universe, and a CW-connected universe and expect me to care about them all. Mm-hmm. I just I just can't. And right now, DC Universe, the app, is winning out because Doom Patrol was awesome in Episode 4. Titans has been, I would say, like a solid 8 out of 10 through and through on average. I like Titans more than I liked Arrow. So yeah, I think I think it's holding up. A lot it hasn't quite gotten to the highs of season two of Arrow no. yet, but if, if if it can keep going the way it's going, I think it'll yeah. be good. And they're doing Swamp Thing, which is incredible. Ooh, that is yeah, yeah. I I absolutely can't wait. And then they're doing Star Girl, which I how know angry does about. that make Alan Moore? Do you think? Oh, probably super. <laughs> oh, probably. But but whenever anything he's ever worked on gets used, how angry do you think that Alan Moore gets? It's <laughs> I imagine Alan weird. Moore is just always really really angry, like. Like if you go to if you go to any big city and a scary hobo starts yelling at you, I have to think to myself, is that Alan Moore? Yeah, it very well could be because <laughs> he's just this scraggly old man who's bitter who's about everything angry. he's ever done, uh, except for uh, no, even V for Vendetta, the movie. He was like, don't make that into a movie. Watchmen, don't make that into a movie. Swamp Thing, don't make that into a movie. And yet they keep trying and keep letting him it's down. It's not 100% wrong. Well, Alan Moore and- is the first person, and he talks about this all the time, and I quote it all the time. He is the first person to perfect what you can do in the comic book medium. Medium, Like, you can't do what he does on TV, you can't do what he does in a movie, and you can't do what he does in a novel. He specifically writes 100% to comics. Because you can read some comics where you're like, you you can you can see it on screen. You can like portray that on screen and be like, yeah, that would. It be cool. takes advantage of comic books as a medium to its fullest, exactly. In a way that you couldn't with another medium. And that's why he always throws a fit when they try to put it elsewhere. He's like, no, how many times do I have to tell you? I did this for one thing. Yeah. Stop doing it. I don't know. It's just I love Alan Moore. He's my. He's just. He's just such a such a crazy guy. Such a crazy guy. And he obviously hates everyone, and that's fine. Definitely an angry hobo, though. Yes, yeah, su- super angry hobo. Big beard, big hair, recluse. I don't think anyone's seen him in 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's been fine. 
Just and he still writes books. Like he still writes comics, I guess, but he just does it when he wants. So they come out like once every three years, and it's not a big deal because mm-hmm. it's whatever. He's not washed up, but I don't know. Alan Moore is just ridiculous, irresponsible. <laughs> uh, but yes, they're doing Swamp Thing. That was the whole point of that. They're, and I'm very excited about it. It's going to be pretty low key, and all three of these shows will will kind of bounce off each other. And there's more to come. Like I said, Star Girl is a character I barely know anything about. That's going to be a cool one. And hopefully they just keep playing around because. It seems to me like uh, their budgets are big enough and their film times are small enough that they can pump these out at a good enough rate to keep actors interested. So, like, I know Netflix had some issues with scheduling with some of their people, and uh, I know the CW-verse even has issues because they film, like, exclusively in Canada, in Toronto, and it takes months and months and months. They've had issues with, like, timing and stuff. I'm actually... I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm okay with them, like, wantonly and randomly recasting people within these shows. Because I think that's actually a very comic book thing. New artists, new writers. New artists, and you're like, well, Batman doesn't look anything like he does in this other issue, and that's okay. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I I really appreciate it. And it it gives you... So... I think that what DC Universe is going to try to do is it's about the story that that season is telling you, not about over 10 years, how many times do we see Robert Downey Jr.? You know what I mean? It's like yes. <laughs> it's like reading a book. Your, your whole point is to read exactly what's in your hands, not what's coming. That's why whenever comic fans are like, oh, I'm going to read... Oh, I did this when I first got into comics. I'm going to read everything from Daredevil 1 to 600. And Patrick's like, no, you're not. First off... You'll start at one, and by the time you reach 600, it's a different character. He has different families. He has a different origin. He's died this way. He's come back to life this way. Like, you can't do that. The point is, grab an arc, like Frank Miller's Born Again. Read that. Don't worry about what came before it. Don't worry about what came after it. That story is perfect. And I think that's what DC Universe is going to do with their shows. Yeah, and he, he's right. I've made this comparison before, but not on the podcast, where comic books work Right now, exactly like Greek myths and Greek theater would have worked back in the day of the ancient Greeks. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, did you did you have to uh, read Oedipus Rex in school? No. Was I he did. the one that wanted to bang his mom? He, he did bang his mom. Oh, he succeeded? But here's the thing about the play Oedipus Rex. Uh-huh. All of that backstory about how he killed his dad and, and married his mother, uh-huh. that's not in the play at all. Okay. The only thing that's in the play is the part where he realizes that he has he has killed his dad a while back mm-hmm. and is currently married to his mother sitting here as the king and the whole point of the play is to show this man going from this in control king who feels like he's in control of his life to getting that realization and realizing wow I fucked everything up yeah I went really- that's that's the only thing that's in the play okay but the thing is that Oedipus would have been such a well-known character at the time that you don't need to have the play start at the beginning of his life and have the prophecy and him killing his dad. Like, it's like you how as every... the audience would just know that that's happened. And you're like, okay, yeah, I just I just really want to see this scene and how the actor portrays it. It's exactly like Homecoming. They didn't show Uncle Ben die again because exactly. you don't need to show Uncle Ben Exactly. Die. We're familiar with Spider-Man. We don't need to start at the beginning of Spider-Man every time. Oh. Sometimes we just want to enjoy a story with Spider-Man in it, and that's exactly what Homecoming is. Yeah. Oh, Thomas and Martha got shot in an alleyway? We know stop showing yes yeah like that's cool we get it don't show it again yeah but we cast jeffrey ding morgan we gotta do it it's like no get out of here 
You know it doesn't show. Uh, you know it doesn't show uh, the Waynes getting shot in an alley. Huh. Detective Comics number twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the, uh, Even introduction of Batman. Batman's actual first image was not constantly hammered in your face for an hour. That hey, his parents died. You're just so, like oh, Batman. So this is actually a good time to segue to this. Uh, we're we're going to talk some old comic business. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. actually read Action Comics number one and Detective Comics number twenty-seven mm-hmm. before going on here to see some of the origins of some of the most famous characters. For those who don't know, Action Comics number one is the debut of Superman. Yep. And Detective Comics twenty-seven is the debut of Batman. Yep. Which and, uh, how he came? I I want to know what one through twenty six are like. Like what are those? Okay, comics? so Detective Comics started as a run of a, a, an anthology series where it'd be like a mystery of the week. Well, it wasn't really like designed as a mystery, more like a cop procedural sort of deal. Like okay. oh, someone got murdered, and then the police will take him down. So it was NCIS in comics. Yeah, it was kind Law of like and that. Order. Boom boom. And I didn't actually go and read. Boom boom. Dun, dun, dun. These are their stories. Yeah. And this is what, in the 40s? Hey, boss, we got 30s. us. Oh, yeah. Hey, boss, we got us another homicide over here. Come on down. Open the door. Comes in with the big hat. Take it off. Set it on the counter. Ah, oh, this goddamn city. And then there's a white chalk line of a body. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, And, in the, no, I didn't get to free Detective Comics number one. I, I might want to look that up and see it, what, it'll looked, be on one of those what it looked like before Batman uh, showed up into it and kind of changed the thing. By the way, DC, Detective Comics. That's what, that's that's what, what yeah. DC doesn't stand for Detective Comics, yeah. but it is a nod to Detective Comics, which is where the whole company the very kind first, of got its The start. beginning of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, if, I'm, if I'm correct, Action Comics 1 came out before Detective Comics, right? Like, yes. That was the very first comic printed by them right uh, no i think actually detective comics might have started before action comics okay. number one okay. but batman didn't come into being yes. until a yeah. year after superman that so. sounds right okay um but so here here's here's how batman is introduced it's a seven page comic okay. it's not long at all mm-hmm. and like you get like a splash page that says or like a cover art that's like introducing the batman which is always in quotes <laughs> yeah of course um, no one would believe that it was actually the Batman. It's it's the Batman. So I don't believe there was any mention of Gotham City. There's no mention okay. of Thomas and Martha Wayne. Okay, but it just opens sitting in the office of Commissioner Gordon, mm-hmm. and he's chatting with his pal Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. who is explained to be a socialite. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, he's just a good guy. Just he walks around town saying hi to everybody. Yeah. He gets his dozen of eggs from classic Martha there. And Commissioner Gordon gets a phone call and he goes and they're like, "What? The uh, owner of Lambert's chemi- chemical company has been killed." Well, I'll get right on that then. And he's like, "Hey Bruce, you want to see a dead body?" <laughs> Boy, do I. And Bruce is like, "Yeah, sure." Cuz like Bruce is actually characterized as kind of flippant and uninterested. Yeah. So they they go and they're like, yeah, he's he's been stabbed to death, and we found his son, and his son's fingerprints are all over the knife. And the son's like, oh, gee, it wasn't I, me, Rick. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I just found him, and he'd been stabbed, and the, the real culprit went out the window, and he'd opened the safe, and my dad's last words were, contract. And I tried to pull out the knife, but that was really stupid of me. Yeah, always leave the knife in, kids. That's what we learned. And Gordon's like, well, you know... 
this is a crime scene now. And they're like, did your dad have any enemies or former uh, former partners? And they're like, yeah, he did have these former partners. And they're like, oh, no, one of the former partners is on the line. And he says he's been threatened, too. Oh. At this point, Bruce Wayne's like, oh, this is boring. I'm leaving. And then it cuts over to the other guy's place. And he's just been murdered. And the criminals are escaping. And then just Batman shows up. And he fights them. Beats them up. And he takes from them and he sees, oh, there's a, they, they, they also stole something from him and it's a contract. And then it's basically just Batman following, like, it goes to the next guy who goes to the, like the fourth business partner. He's like, hey, you gotta, you gotta keep me safe. So there, someone's killing all the former partners. And he's like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> Batman? No, no, oh, the oh, fourth guy. Fourth guy, got it. And he like does this whole like motive rant and he's like, or no, actually, no, Batman actually shows up to save the guy because the guy puts him in like a death trap. Yeah. It's it's a slowly lowering dome of glass that will fill up with gas once it's all the way lowered. Classic. But he's got to go into the other room to turn on the gas. Of course. Yeah, classic comic books. you got to be <laughs> elaborate. So Batman pops in while he's in the other room and he doesn't use his utility belt or anything like that. He just grabs a wrench from the table and shatters the glass. <laughs> and it's almost the guy. too easy. Who could? Who else could have done that? Nobody. Oh, and as I said, they're consistently referring to him as the Batman yes. in quotes. The Batman. And well, it's very important to let these people like grow with this stuff because people always like to point out that, uh, you know, this character. Uh, oh, it wasn't portrayed that way. Oh, it wasn't portrayed that way. It's like, yeah, you know, you read Action Comics one when Superman first came out. He could. I don't even think he couldn't oh, we'll fly. Get, I'll get there. Yeah, he couldn't fly or any of that. Uh, he could. No, he could fly. He could fly. He actually. could fly in the first one. I thought he could leap buildings. Was his big thing. He couldn't fly. He could just j- jump. He was basically super strong, so he could jump really high. Well, I mean, it's it's drawn kind of ambiguously. Okay, he could jump to the point that it's basically flying. Okay, anyway. Jessica um, Jones. But yeah, so he, so Batman like rescues this guy. And he's like, "How'd you know it was going down?" And Batman's like, "Well, I read the contract, and it it turns out that." Uh, like, I learned that the the four of you had made a pact. This, this one guy wanted the company, and he was going to pay sums of money to you guys periodically in installments. And because you didn't want the company stocks to go down, you had made this deal, like, secretly with yourselves, so nobody would notice the change of power. But he didn't want to pay, so he decided to just murder you all so that he would get the company for himself. Jesus. Like, it's a very just, like, convoluted, like, yeah. murder plot thing. And then uh, the guy tries to to attack Batman, but he throws him into a conveniently placed vat of acid. Of course. Because, you know, you're a villain. You've got to have those. They, I, I guess it's kind of justified because they're supposed to be like chemical magnets. So, of course, yeah. they have vats of acid. Just just lying around, you know. I was, need a bottle of acid. I got some sitting over here. And then Batman disappears through the, the skylight before Commissioner Gordon shows up. And mm-hmm. Commissioner Gordon is like, okay, well, I guess the case is solved. It cuts the, to him talking to Bruce Wayne again in the office. And it's like, yeah, so like the Batman left everything for me for me to solve the case, but... I just can't figure out what this guy's deal is. Like he's he's real weird. He seems to be on our side, but he operates outside the law and through a guy I, in acid. I don't know what to do about this. And Bruce Wayne's like, I don't really care. Yeah. And they're like, and Gordon's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, he's a good guy, but he's like never interested in anything. And then it just shows, Bob. But little does. Commissioner Gordon, know, no, yeah. Bruce Wayne is actually the Batman, and that's how it ends with the twist. <gasps> Bruce Wayne is Batman. Did Bruce Wayne just murder a guy by tossing him into acid? 
They, uh, it's actually played like the guy attacks him and he defends himself. So he like, f- like, like goes to punch and, oh, I missed yeah, it's, it. Yeah, it's one of those. Okay. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, no no origin story there. No information at all, it sounds like. No, not yeah. really. It's just there, a crime is committed, not even by one of Batman's famous villains. It's not, there's yeah. no Joker. There's no... Yeah. Penguin or Catwoman or anything yeah. like that. No animal themed villains. Yeah, not this time. Or clown themed villains. No, it's just a murder mystery is afoot. Batman goes one step ahead of the cops. He doesn't have his utility belt. He just punches people. Of course, always. There's nothing. Uh, uh, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. There's nothing wrong with the Joker that I can't solve with my fists. <laughs> is, is a direct quote from that that book. So remember yeah. when we thought Frank Miller was a good writer? Oh, gosh. oh that was a time. <laughs> he he's wrote in at least two good books. No, three. Sin City, mm-hmm. Sin City, Born Again, and Dark Knight Returns. We don't need to worry about anything else. Yeah, we'll just roll with those. Um, and then Action Comics one. So yeah, Action Comics one came before that, and Action Comics one I actually found to be the more enjoyable of the two to read because. You have to remember that Action Comics 1 came before superheroes were a thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's the start of superheroes, kind of. I mean, the unofficial. They kind of had to sell you on the idea of of Superman. Mm. And that's basically what this comic is, is just saying, okay, so... Imagine if you will, like it's, it's <laughs> almost very like Twilight Zone or Outer Limits. Oh, okay. You know, the way it approaches this, because it has a constant narration throughout, uh-huh. and the narration's basically just explaining to you what Superman's deal is. Yes, Superman's deal is that he comes from another planet. Mm-hmm. They don't call it Krypton. Yeah, no names. They just say that it's another planet, and. He came from there, grew up on Earth. They don't mention that Krypton was destroyed or anything like that. But because of his alien biology, not the yellow sun, yes, they just say because of his alien biology, he's stronger, faster, better than any human yeah. being. He is the Superman. Yeah. And they even go, like, incredulous reader, you may think that this is unrealistic, but even on our Earth, you have ants that can lift up to ten times their own weight. This is just that on a larger scale. So so trust me, this this, <laughs> this can work. This will work. <laughs> you really got to just They, they really do have here. it aside just to be like, just, just, just. Just let it. Just let it go. It's like just, a pitch meeting where they're like, yeah. "No, no, no, I know what you're thinking, but really, really, people are gonna love this." Yeah. Um, but that's but that's part of my point earlier. Is back then, um, I can I can only imagine that the first issue that came out explaining Krypton or explaining the Yellow Sun gave him his heat vision, gave him his cold breath, gave him all these different powers. People were like, "That's not my Superman. No, he would never do that." Like, Kryptonite yeah. wasn't actually an invention of the comics. No, no, it came from uh, the yeah, the movie. Right, it came from a radio play. Oh boy. They had a Superman radio play, but the guy who did the voice of Superman had to be, you know, constantly talking on this. And his voice got tired recording all of these radio programs. Uh So they needed a way to sideline him so that he could take a break. But they're like, well, he's Superman. He's invincible. Yeah. How do you sideline someone who's just actually invincible? So they came up with the idea of kryptonite. It's, it's, It's just a rock that takes away his powers and leaves him helpless. So that they could give the voice actor a break. Just so, like, hey, he needs a few hours. Oh, no! Oh, no, kryptonite! Yeah, yeah. By one weakness! And we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> and then they, then they leave. That's really cool. I like that. I like that. And then also, as they introduced more and more kryptonites, it got a little funky. Like, Red makes him really mad and evil. And 
uh, pink makes him gay. I don't know if that one's true, <laughs> but know. I've heard that. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, uh, so, you know, he's faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. That's not actually in the comics. That's an invention of the cartoon. Oh. Actually, it might have been the radio play, too. But, uh, radio but it's definitely in the cartoon as well. Yeah, The old 1940s, 1950s, I think it was 50s or 60s, actually. Leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yep. Uh, but they do, they do like, show, like, comparisons. Like, they do show him racing a train and winning. So. Yeah. And then the rest of the comic, and this is longer than Detective Comics. It's, like, a 30-page thing. Mm. Or so. The rest of it is basically just showing Superman living out what would be, like, a power fantasy. Okay. So it's like, oh, the, a man's about, like, the first one is a man's about to be executed. But the person who actually did the crime, well, the person who actually did the crime goes free. So Superman just grabs the person who did the crime, wakes up the governor in the middle of the night, tells him to pardon the man because he's innocent. Nobody knows who Superman is in the comic either. Yeah, yeah. So they're just confused at this guy barging into his house. Does and he the governor this... tries to actually like get his security on him, but then, like the security guard shoots him and it does nothing. He's the he's he's in the suit and everything, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so he, he's just like, yeah, no, you'll find that this is actually the real killer, and the, they they pardon the guy, and everything's fine. And then they're like, uh oh, there's a man that's beating his wife. Well, Superman won't stand for that, and he just pops up and is like, why don't you pick on someone a little bigger? <laughs> yeah. And he like, it, it's like basically, don't you hate all these shitty people that just get away with their bullshit? Well, what if there was someone like Superman who could just beat them and win every time? Yeah, how would you feel if you had if you could be anywhere at any point in time to stop anything? Now, then they do go to introduce the concept of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. So oh, they, so they, they set right that up already, the, number one? That is right there in Action Comics number one. Because then oh. they're like, well, Superman can't be Superman all the time. So he'll blend in as mild-mannered Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. And and they actually, the one thing that's interesting is that they immediately portray Clark Kent as a wiener. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. goes out of his way to seem like the most meek, milquetoast. Yeah. Because they're, so he has a thing for Lois. Lois doesn't care about Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. Because he's a wiener, mm -hmm. he, he's not a man's man, yeah. and they're going they're going to like this ball, and some guy tries to cut in like Clark's like oh boy this is my big opportunity and some like thug some like gangster tries to cut in, and Clark, they're like Clark Kent is actually Superman but in order to maintain his disguise he can't actually act as Superman here. So he hides it and backs away as soon as this guy muscles in. But then later after the party, when the guy's getting fresh with Lois and tries to kidnap him, he comes back as Superman. And then there's the iconic image from the cover where he picks up the car. Yeah, he's holding it from the front. Yeah, that's mm. the best picture ever. That's like the number one freaking Superman that, image. That's what he's doing. He's saving Lois from these gangsters who just like abduct her after the party. And Lois is like... Wow, like Clark ditched me to get kidnapped, but Superman, he's <laughs> yeah, dreaming. He's the good guy. Ah, uh, that's like I just started watching. Actually, that's a pretty common theme. I just started watching Static Shock again today, <laughs> and that's like the very first thing. The main, I can't remember his human name. He like can't get the girl, and he's nerdy and all that. But then Static Shock shows up and sends a lightning heart at her, and he's like, "Oh man, I wish it was this easy when I was when I was me," and flies off. And it's basically exactly that. 
And then, like, it ends with there being, like, oh, there's this corrupt, polit- there's, like, this corrupt lobbyist who is buying out these politicians to do evil things. They don't say what the political game of this yeah. is. But then it's, like, you know those corrupt politicians in Washington that you don't agree with? Well, don't you wish that you, as Superman, could just... <laughs> yeah. Could just show up at their apartment one day and then grab and like Superman grabs this guy and he's like, "Let's go for a jog along, along the power lines." And he's like, "No, we'll be killed." And he's like, "Hi, you idiot! Birds can land on these things and they aren't killed." <laughs> yeah. So he's just jogging, and, and then Superman's like, "Hey, wonder if I can make a jump to that roof?" And he's like, "Oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> Looks like I can't. I'm falling." And he's like, "Now you, because now you go in there and you sign off on that bill." Yeah. And he's like. Okay, Superman, I'll do whatever you say. It is very sensational uh, set, salesmanship of, of the dream. It is. That, that's really what they're like trying they to sell. Like, they never show a fault like, in him, right? It's, no, he, yeah. he has no fault. He's The only thing is that to create some tension, he needs to pretend. They don't really explain why he needs to pretend to be Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. But when he is being Clark Kent, he can't be Superman. Yeah, so stuff. And that, goes wrong, they actually man. do pull that up as an interesting point of tension. And just from reading that, I can see how people got sold on the idea of Superman from back then, especially yes. before any. You haven't seen a single thing like this before, and you're like, oh, okay. I'm just like, yeah, I'm on board with this. I want to see how this unfolds. Yeah. And again, there's no Lex Luthor in here. Oh, gosh, no. No, Actually, none of the villains. Lex Luthor's origin is pretty funny, too. I've never read it. I, I, I'm going to eventually, but uh, you should read uh, All-Star Superman. They do Clark Clark Kent, sorry, in like a really funny way. Like he's really fat and out of shape and always scared of everything, and it's it's awesome. Uh, the, yeah, they've throughout the years they've done a lot of real interesting things with Superman, yeah. getting into the the psychology of Superman. Superman's always, I think Superman's always best when he is beyond us, when he's out of reach. Yeah. Oh, when yeah. we're like, if we cannot possibly understand Superman. If we understood the way the world the way Superman did, it would just break us because we're yeah. not we're not wired that way. That was actually um, uh, Patrick's uh, first comic creation episode we ever did. That was his thing. Was like Superman can hear and see everything all at once, but he can't be everywhere and help everyone all at once. That's got to destroy a human. They they play that in one of the cartoons where Lex Luthor gets Superman's powers. But and at first he starts trying to you know live out his power fantasies, but eventually like he gets to the point where he starts understanding things the way Superman does, and even for a brief moment it just causes him to break down yeah. because he just he cannot deal with understanding the world the way Superman does. Which, according to Jeff Johns and Doomsday Clock and all that stuff, Lex Luthor is the smartest man in the DC universe, mm. according to them. Because uh, Ozzy Mandeus go and and Rorschach, he says, "I found the two smartest people in the universe. I'll go to the I'll go to one. You go to the other." And Ozzy Mandeus goes to Lex Luthor. So, How's Rorschach kicking around? Did he get exploded? It's a it's a whole thing. I'm okay. not going to spoil that. It's a, it's a really good reveal in Doomsday Clock how Rorschach comes around. Um, there's a lot of good Doomsday Clock is awesome. Okay. Have you read Watchmen or just seen it? I've read Watchmen. Okay, and seen it. Well, yes, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the way they the way they introduce him and 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 how everything happens with him is is definitely worth reading, um, which you can do now. Mm. And it's exciting. Doomsday Clock is freaking incredible. I would love to read Doomsday Clock. Yeah, it's not it's not as good as Watchmen, but it, it's exactly what it needs to be. You know, when you when you reboot something as iconic as that, it's it, how do you not disappoint everyone? And I think they're I think they're doing it. I think they're doing it really well. Not. 
not doing it as in disappointing people, but succeeding. Um, all right. You got anything uh, to say on our way out this door? No, that was a lot. I think we, we did a lot of comic stuff right now. And that's just it's a lot beginning. to digest. We went from co- to, from Titans. Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, Batman and Robin somehow tied it all the way back to Action Comics number one. It's it's so DC. I, I love DC Comics so much. And I do love Marvel as well, but DC is my bread and butter. DC is what really, what really wakes me up. I like it a lot. But uh, Doom Patrol 5 will be out. Episode 5 will be out by the time this one's out. We're going to watch that. We're not going to talk about every episode, but we'll Titans probably... Titans 5, Doom Patrol will be Oh out. my God, yes, that's what I meant. When We probably won't do Titans until, again until the show's wrapped up, um, but or, or something really cool happens. But that show, highly recommend. Uh, I'm probably going to read Detective Comics if it's only seven issue, uh, pages. That's, I'll probably read that when we leave here. Uh, otherwise, you got any final thoughts? Uh, maybe at some point we'll go back to doing movies. No, we will. We will. We've got Wizard of Oz, Return to Oz on tap, and then we've also got Space we've Truckers got a on for tap. Space Truckers. Yeah, which... well, we will go back to that. There's just been a lot going on, and I actually kind of figured that during shutdown we could we could do a few. Oh, um, that'd be good. Yeah, we got plans. We got plans. But otherwise, this has been another episode. 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 This has been another episode of Men of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm DJ. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see, over here we have the man of the machine.